0: Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts.
1: Some people actually fear success. Mm. Success comes with a lot. Right. But until you can overcome that average reality that you live in, no matter what you're on, once you become comfortable there, it becomes average. Anyone can live in average. Everyone can live in mediocrity. Right. Then there's those outliers who consistently push themselves to go to the next level. And the thing about the human mind and the human body, it will go as far as you push it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact
0: Theory. Today, we are going to melt your brain. We are here with the one and only, the Wall Street Trapper.
1: What's good, what's good, man? What's up, dude? I'm good, man. I appreciate you letting me come, man. I could not
0: be more excited. So, we were talking before we started rolling. So, you are not a financial advisor. Nobody should take this as advice. I don't want you to have to caveat that over (laughs) and over. Um, But you understand the stock market. And you are bringing sound investment principles to... People that typically thought that this shit was either beyond them, uninteresting, uncool, whatever. And I think you are changing lives in a way that few people are. And throughout the course of this interview, I have no doubt I'm going to heap you with praise because I am (laughs) so blown away by what you're doing and how good you are at it. And I think that's really the important part. But let's first go into the story so that people understand Mm -hmm. your bona fides, how you came up.
1: Start with prison, how it changed your life, what you learned That would be super helpful. Dope, so even before prison, at about nine or 10, I saw my moms get shot in front of my face. Mm. So immediately my mindset on violence was, it's a necessary evil, right? Because I was surrounded around it, right? So my early years were surrounded with violence. I saw my mama selling drugs, I saw my mama robbing, I saw my moms get robbed, I saw her get shot, and then she later on went to prison, right? So I saw that early. At 14, um, my mom was in prison and I lost my grandmother, which was who I was living with at the Mm -hmm. time. And my moms and my grandmother always had this conflict where my grandmother was like, listen, he doesn't need to be exposed to that. Now, My my grandmother was an entrepreneur. So I saw entrepreneurship from two different um, spectrums. My Mm -hmm. mama as a hustler and the streets teach you so much about investing in business, right? And we never can connect the two because we aren't exposed to that yet. Mm. This is all we know. So we live in this dome, and then what happens is we start to adjust to our surroundings. Just Mm. like in investing and entrepreneurship, you have to understand your competitors. In the street, you got to not only understand your competitors, which is the people who are hustling against you, Mm. you also got to understand the predators. Right? right? And so you understand all of that. So uh, moms goes to jail, Grandmother's an entrepreneur. She has a fruit company. And so she's telling my mom, like, yo, like, you can't just expose him to this. And so my mom is, like, rogue. So she's (laughs) like, listen, the streets is all around us. We're talking, like, 1989, Mm -hmm. 1990, 92, New Orleans, murder capital of the year, back to back to back. Like, that's all it's known for at this time. Um, And my mom says, listen, he has to know this. It's the only way he's going to survive in New Orleans. So if anybody has to teach it to them, I'm going to teach it to them. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Some people were like, she was a tyrant. But I understood it because it helped me survive in those tough years of my life. Mm. Um, 14, I'm homeless because my mom's in prison. My grandmother's dies. I go to Delaware for about 60 days. At 14? Yeah, I go to because my uncle lives out there and nobody wanted to take me in. It's kind of like taking, and I don't want to use it bad, like taking a wild animal and trying to domesticate him. It's extremely hard, and nobody (laughs) has the patience for it, right? (laughs) So I go to Delaware, and I just get in trouble, like back to back to back to the point where the police comes to my uncle's house like three times. My uncle is just like, bro, like, I can't do it, right? You affecting my family right now. I'm like, and I get it, I go home. So now I'm like homeless for a minute, sleeping in abandoned houses, sleeping in abandoned cars, but it don't bother me. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. This is what we doing. doing. Um, I moved with my aunt, who at the time was on drugs. So I'm like, okay. I got a roof over my head, but we live in a duplex. So that's a house, you know, it's two houses. Yeah. And I turned, the the landlord was uh, on drugs. So I created a deal with her to let me get this side of the crib. And I would pay her in drugs every month and let me just make this my trap house at the time right. so i'm 14 years old God, i got my own damn. crack house i'm living on this side i'm paying my auntie and crack she's taking all of my clothes and my shoes and cracking and whatever the case may be but at 14 this is what i'm doing right um i'm only really going to school at this time to just like fraternize wasn't really tripping on learning but i was kind of smart like i'm still passing but school was just a way for me to not be on the street all the everyday mm. um I wind up saying, you know what? This 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 makes no sense for me. What did you think about learning at that point? Survival. That that was the only thing. You're for not me. reading yet, though. Nah, I'm not. I'm just on survival mode. Like the world, I just want to get to the next day. I want to make as much money as I can selling crack. I gotta send my mama money in jail, right? I gotta to go to jail. I gotta switch shoes out with her so she can still be fly. Like I'm going through that process, so survival is the only thing that makes sense at this time. The game is the only thing that makes sense at this time, right? It's no, what do your future? What do you want to be in the future? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll be the biggest dope deal I can be. I don't right. know, <laughs> right? That's it. So, uh, I go to prison at 16 for attempt murder on robbery. Tried robber. as an adult. Yep, tried as an adult. Uh, so I got robbed. I got set up, um, the female I was dealing with at the time. And that's part of the game. Uh, so I was just too open with her. In a situation and it happened so i wound up getting set up a dude kicks in the door uh put a mac 11 on my face Oof. and he was like yo like give it here so me i'm like man i don't got nothing she was like you playing me so cock it back and she, i guess she don't want to see me get killed because in right. my mind i'm like yo i ain't gonna let you just rob me like this because there's no mass on in the streets it's the difference between robbing me and jacking me robbing me is when you still have a mask on jacking me is when you have no mask on and you like yo you know who I am. Get it in, blood. Come see me. He had no mask? Nah, that, so that's a bold statement right. in the streets, right? So I'm like, man, I don't got nothing, bruh. So she wanted to like, yo, give it to him. He's right here. So she tell him where it's at or whatever. And so I figure out who he is. The streets always tell you who he is. Um, so I went to prison for shooting him six times. Oh, God. Yeah, so I went to prison for attempt murder on So Robert. not in that moment, you basically find him. Not find him. Yeah, not late. Maybe like three days later, three, four days later. So at 16, I go to prison for attempt murder on robbery. I could have got more, but my auntie at the time knew the judge. And, you know, she kind of like told him my story. The crazy thing is, I met him about two before three years ago. And I told him thank you. The judge. Yes. Whoa. I told him thank you. I, I got presented with an award in New Orleans for being an outstanding father. Whoa. And I had no God, speech. Yeah. yeah, I had no speech. I got a picture in my phone, I'll show it to you. Um, and he wound up passing, like, two years ago. But I got that moment because in that moment when he gave me the 10 years, he said, I'm saving your life, young man. By getting you off the street. By giving you these 10 years. Mm. Because they could have given me 25, 30, again, attempt murder, on robbery, with the dude coming to court. Doesn't matter that we was in the streets or not, right? right? All they know is he got shot, right? So I can not even say, yo, he robbed me out of some drugs. Right. And like, what the hell? It's not All gonna right? go far. It's it. not gonna yeah. go far, right? So uh i saw him and he was like um uh, maybe 2020 right before the pandemic matter of fact and i told him thank you because that changed my life um but in prison uh, i had a fight with two of my homies in prison um we fight for like four hours Jeez. back to back i'm just fighting one after another one like we just fighting um and i go to solitary confinement and at this time, all these parish prisoners are considered like one of the worst parish prisons in the United States of America, right? And I go to the cell and I meet this white guy. That was the turning point of my life. Mm. I get in the cell with him and I'm frustrated, like I'm kind of bust up. Um, and he sees me and I guess he's in awe of the idea of so many black people are in this position. Mm. He says something to me. He says, Man, y'all playing the wrong game. And so in my mind, like, I'm fresh. I'm like, Man, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, bro, like, don't make me whoop your ass in here right now. Like, he's like, No, no, no. He's like, Listen, bro, I don't mean no harm, no disrespect. But y'all, like, why? So I guess he's like perplexed by this mm. whole dynamic of all of these black men in here. And I'm like, Man, what are you talking about, man? Like, this, 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 this ain't no game. Like, it's this, this real. And so he says something. He said, that's the problem. Like, Y'all don't even know it's a game. Mm, fuck. And so when he told me that, I'm like, like, it's something about when you mad and you in the moment, but, like, something, when it makes sense, it hits you like a ton of bricks. So I'm like, what? He was like, man, listen, man. There's a game that's being played. And you're playing a game that you can't win. For a minute, I just start thinking about the people who I knew that was in the streets. Everybody lost. Everybody suffered the same fate. There was nobody in the street that I knew at 16, at one. Everybody I knew had either been to prison, been shot, got killed, their father, like everybody suffered the same fate. So my rebuttal to him is this well, if it's such a game, and you know the rules, why are you in here with me? It's a good question. Right? He says, I'm in here, $2.8 million embezzlement. I paid 800,000 restitution. I kept two million. Have you ever seen two million? Mm. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You fucking lying. So, one thing about prison and in jail, you can show your paperwork. Like, you can lie all you want, but your paperwork tells me. Mm. So, I said, let me see your paperwork then. So, in, in New Orleans, I had a red band. So, a red band means attempt murder, on robbery, kidnapping, carjacking, and violent offense he has on a red and white band at the time. The red and white band means you're in federal custody. Mm. And it's crazy because in prison or in jail, like, if you get a federal band, it's like a hierarchy. <laughs> it's like, you know something that we don't know, you next level, right? right. So um, he showed me his paperwork and it's right there in black and white. And immediately he got my attention. Because the red and white band makes me respect you a different level at 16, but then when mm. I see it in your paperwork, I had never seen $2.8 million written down nowhere. Right, right so that changes my... Idea, like, damn. So tell me, how do I do what you do? <laughs> <laughs> so how do I do that? And he was like, nah, it's not even about that. So he tells me these the first three things was he said, listen, man, wealthy people do three things, man. They stop trading time for money. They make their money work for them. And they give as much value to people as they can.
0: The I want to more- stop you
1: there for a second. Yeah. I, I know yeah. where you're going with this. We're going to go there. But one thing
0: I love about your fucking story, dude, you don't say... One thing that white people do is, one thing that wealthy wealthy people, people. getting people to see that, Mm -hmm. to me, that's the game, Mm -hmm. is recognizing that this isn't, it doesn't break along uh, racial lines the way people think it does. Mm -hmm. And my time working in the inner city showed me this is not about that. Mm -hmm. But this is about class, for sure, and getting people to understand that they can move Mm -hmm. between classes. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's the fucking game. Sorry, I just had had to say that's so important to me.
1: There is a shift, but there's the exposure part. So, like, just coming up in the streets, you only see the game from the lowest level. And you look at everybody else in part admiration and part, like, jealousy. Because you see it, and you're like, damn, I will never get there. Right? And so the only way that I think I can get that is through sports or hustling. That's it. That's the only... Or rapping. Those are the only three options that you have. Mm And so, you, know, you you make a decision on which way you want to go, right? And so, you look at it from like, damn. And so, me, I'm at the time like, man, I can't rap. I'm damn shit, sure I can't play sports. So, hustling is what I got. You limit yourself. And nobody comes along and teaches you anything different. Mm. So, giving us three things, again, that wealthy people do. So, you say wealthy people stop trading time for money. They start making their money work for them. And they give value to as much value to people as they can. The caveat, I mean, you know, we got a little deeper into that. He said... The reason why you give people so much value is because if you give them so much value, they'll never leave you and they'll always be there for you. And you will never need for anything as long as you give value to people. And so I learned that as I got older, that part really didn't make sense to me at the time. But the money working for you part. And I was like, what the hell? How do you make your money work for you? Mm. Again, all I know is how to go get money. That's all I know. So, later on in that, he says wealthy people do three things. So, this may, we in the cell for about 45 days. So, all of his conversations, now that you said, it never was black or white. Every conversation with him about money and transition was always wealthy people do. It was always... It wasn't white people do. It wasn't black people. It was always wealthy people do this. Right. Wealthy people do this. And I was like, damn And now that you said that, this now makes sense to me again. So, he says, wealthy people First they get into stocks, then they start a business, and then they get real estate. So if when people ask me how did I get into stocks, it's because I follow that rule. Or mm. like first, let me, if he would said real estate, business, I would have been I would have been the real estate track. <laughs> <laughs> but he said stocks first, and I was like, damn. And so I just my my rest of my time in prison, I wanted to be that. Mm. I wanted to be a part of that wealthy conversation. So in prison, it's easy to get. You know, I took my time. I researched the Warren Buffett's and the Peter Lynch's. And I'm not going to lie, in the beginning, that shit was like Chinese to me. Right. right? This is a foreign language. And so what happened to me was it started reminding me of being in the streets. Everything about it. And I heard this term one time that said the real gangsters are on Wall Street. The real gangsters are in the government. And I was like, Damn. And so once I started getting into the stock market...
0: I want to fuck with that idea for a yeah, second. That's I'm, exactly. I'm thinking through this in, in real time, so forgive me if I'm super nah, clumsy. I'm good. But this is one of the things about you that I think is so interesting. When I hear... So I'm good at making money. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at investing money. Mm-hmm. So when I hear you talk about stocks, you make it sound fucking edgy <laughs> and cool and makes me want to mm-hmm. like learn about it and get into it. And there is this idea of um, making something cool that I think people try to uh, wash it away. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the phrase, the real gangsters are mm-hmm. in Wall Street, It hopefully it helps people break through some idea of like, oh, well, they were born into that and that's why they have it. That isn't true. They were taught something, Mm -hmm. which they happened to be taught because they were born into it. Mm -hmm. But once you latch on to they were born into it, you think, then it's not for me. Once you realize, no, 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 it doesn't matter how or why they got taught they got taught Mm -hmm. and that's what allows them to move like a gangster Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. give that word a you know yeah there there is definitely some negativity and there are people in the the financial system that really are like fucking gangsters and they're fucking sinister but if people can let go of that idea not everybody with money is sinister and Mm -hmm. getting money doesn't make you sinister Mm -hmm. and that's why one thing that i think is important and i know we talked about before we started rolling you're a little bit conflicted how much do i show my growing wealth Mm -hmm. And I think that I normally hate when people flex. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I won't say that I never flex, but I never go out of my way to flex. Mm-hmm. But it's important for people to see that you, by living the way that you live, you don't just get to talk cool. You actually live in a mm-hmm. different way, which mm-hmm. is really fucking interesting. Anyway, so the real gangsters are on Wall Street. Yes, I yes. I love that.
1: And so, and what happens is, and just let me say this right quick. The reason why people think, Wealthy people or people with money are sinister, is because that's what you kind of taught in the hood. Like you kind of taught, like the people who really have money, like they did some wicked shit to get it. Mm. They did some backstabbing, and cutthroat shit to get it, and you'll never get that, right? And so that same mentality now happens on a lower level right? The hustling and the dope dealing. So now you think, like, yo, I gotta just do sinister shit to get money. And then the people who are successful in the drug game, they're looking at the people at the top like, damn, I wanna be that. But the people at the bottom will never get a taste of that. And so now we just kinda living off ambition. And so now the people who are in the middle who work in, they're like, oh, them people with money, they all crooks. They all... Because being at the bottom teaches you to envy people at the top. It, It just happens. It's a... It's something that brews down there, right? It's kinda like when you cook I don't know if you had gumbo before, right? But it's kind of when you cook food, right? The base goes to the bottom. And so most people live in that bottom, never knowing how they'll get up there, mm. right? I remember, so when I was working in the inner cities, mm-hmm. I remember
0: having this moment where I was like, wait a second, this is not an intelligence problem. Intelligence is evenly distributed. Like, mm-hmm. in, I, I remember saying to my wife, the next fucking Elon Musk is going to be found somewhere in Compton. The problem is he doesn't believe in himself. And so he's not going to do anything. And so I became obsessed with this idea that generational poverty is not about money. It's about mindset. Now, it will manifest as money. Mm -hmm. But it is that... So I remember I had one kid come to me, and and I was the first person that told him, you can be successful. Like, what the fuck? Why do you not think you can be successful? It didn't even make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well... My mom always told me that the world didn't want to see people that look like me succeed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I'm like, even if your mom had good intentions, that is the worst fucking advice ever. Because if you think you can't be successful, that will govern the way that you move. Mm -hmm. Right. So Kobe Bryant, people that have listened to me for a while, have heard this quote a thousand Mm -hmm. times. But booze don't block dunks. Mm. The The world can hate you all they want. But if you're good enough, think about this the best basketball players in the world were paid millions of dollars to stop Kobe Bryant from scoring, and the motherfucker scored 81 points in a single <laughs> game. 81 points. When you've got five people paid millions of dollars mm-hmm. actively trying to stop you, and they can't because you've gotten that good. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the game of money. Mm-hmm. People can not want you to succeed all they want, but if you out-invest them, mm-hmm. they, can't you. Mm-hmm. they can't stop you. They can't stop you. They can't stop you. That's heavy. And so getting people to... Break through that. So that was the first time I realized, Mm -hmm. whoa, wait a second. We've got people thinking in a way that governs their behavior Mm -hmm. such that, and now I'm going to quote you, which I had never heard this before, but this scares the shit out of me. If you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Fuck! So that's heinous Mm -hmm. in ways I can't even explain. And I'll say that it really, again, doesn't break along racial lines. It breaks along economic lines. Mm -hmm. So if people are not encouraging you to read, you're Mm -hmm. not going to read. It's fucking hard in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're learning Chinese. Mm -hmm. How
1: do you, how did you break through that? So there's a few things where we can get into that. So there's this economic thread that weaves itself through the hood. And one of the things we do got to understand is that there has been intentionality when it comes to preventing black culture from thriving economically. So we look at, like, Black Wall Street, we look at Durham, North Carolina, we look at Rosewood. Every time an affluent black neighborhood gets in that level where, like, yo, we about to do it, and they set the tone for the rest of them, that get bombed, it get pillaged, it get... That happens. And so now that becomes discouraging. Right? It's like, yo, like, every time we try, yo, like, fuck, man. Right? And so now what happens with that is that, mindset's get, that mindset gets impregnated mm. in the next generation for fear of survival, right? Like, yo, don't try to become this as a collective because they're going to bomb this, and I don't want to see you dead, so we'll low-level think. Now, that is intentional. What happens is now, no one now believes that it's possible. Once you keep passing that down, you start accepting the lower level, mm. And then there's a few of us or a few people who say, no, nah, I'm an outlier, yo. Like I'm about to go for it. And then whatever happens, I'm with that shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So for me, again, one of the greatest things that happened to me was my mother telling me, like, the world is raw and you gotta get this shit how you live. But I also saw my grandmother be a legal entrepreneur. So I saw it from both worlds. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was going to prison. Mm-hmm. Because I was able to sit down and mature in that environment. Whereas had I been in the world, I'm not saying I wouldn't still be this, but the path would have been completely different. Did you do all 10 years? I did eight years and nine months. God damn. 85% of it. And so had I still been on the street, I would have now been struggling with survival. One of the things that happens often in the culture of Black people is survival mode. You never get a chance to play offense. You're always on defense. One, because of mindset. Because you don't see it. Again, the dope dealer and the rapper, everybody who's working is struggling. And so you never want to be that. You never want to be that. You're like, damn, why, why is everybody struggling? I need to do something different. So while I'm in prison, I, I pick up a habit of reading. That was the game changer for me. Mm. On the streets, I never had the opportunity to just sit down and read because I'm always trying to survive. In prison, there was no longer a survivor mode there. When we look at it from when we break everything down. That's fucking fascinating. We break everything down and we look at it from a skeleton. I have a roof over my head. Mm. I have a bed. It's not the most comfortable bed. <laughs> I have a bed. I get three meals a day. Whether I like it or not, I have the the essentials. Right. Um I started hustling in prison. So I was working in the laundry. And so uh, your clothes don't really get clean. So I found a hustle like, yo, I'll wash your clothes when we do it, but it's $5 or $25 a month. So that gave me a whole nother set of money. And then I started being like a numbers dude. How Vegas have the numbers, the betting. I became a numbers guy. So I had... I used to Self-taught. Use my, that's it. Self-taught. I used to get the USA Today. I used to look at this guy, Danny Sheridan. He used to put out the line. And then I would take his numbers and put those numbers on my ticket. And my ticket was called Braveheart. So now I did college football, NFL football, and laundry. I had a whole thing going. Now, check this out. There's five units in prison. I had people in each unit selling tickets for me, as in distributors. So the streets was the same in there. Right? And so in each unit, there's six, eight domes. So one person was spying. He had runners and everybody worked for me. And so that's how I survived. But I had time now to just sit down and read. And I would read one. My first book ever reading was Sister Soulja Coldest Went to Ever. Changed. I was like, damn, this is dope. So I went through the Read in the Hood classics and then I jumped into like, let me understand. Is Sister Soulja like the hip hop artist? Yeah. She had a book, The Coldest Went to Ever. Shit. Phenomenal book. I read it, and I was like, damn, like, this shit is dope. So I went through a phase where I was reading, like, the hood books, and then I was like, man, i lived this shit already. No matter how many times you tell a hood story, it's still the same. Wow. I've lived this shit for real. I don't keep need to read this. And so I used to get up in the mornings and watch CNBC. So you, people in prison, they love to watch The young and the Wrestling. <laughs> 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 and so I would have to get up before them to watch, like, Squawk Box, mm. Jim Cramer... I would be like, damn, these motherfuckers making all this money, and they're not risking their life. Something got to change for me. Like Something got to change. And so I just started listening to them every day, and I started comparing it to the streets. So a good business is just like a good hustler. A good business has great product. They have great clientele. A great hustler has a great product. He has consistent clientele. A good business on the stock market has what's called a moat, a competitive edge that keeps his competitors away. A good hustler on the street is going to have that competitive edge where they be like, nah, yo, I ain't rocking you. I'm going to just wait till Trap come back. Right. So there's the competitive edge. A good business has a good branding moat. Mean, my name is good. Right. So a good hustler on the street, yo, Trap got that blue magic. I'm good on you. Like if I can't get Trap, I'm going to just go try. But Trap got that blue magic. That's what I'm rocking with. Branding more, right? That's it. A great business on a stock market has more assets, more liquidity than debt. A good hustler on the street is if you don't learn how to fund your business. If you're operating where well, all you have is reup money, you're not gonna last long. So those components reminded me the same mm. in the on the stock market or uh, in the world of a company's paying tariffs. That's equivalent to. A, biz, a, a dude on the street going pay draft to go hustle in somebody hood like you can't hustle over here unless you pay me draft it's the same as a terror it's the same thing yeah so once i under, once i broke the game down to a way that i can understand it, it wasn't about me just being brilliant it was mm-hmm. like yo how do i make the game winnable for me
0: yeah this to me so this is a really important idea this is what i talk about with business and mindset mm-hmm. i always tell people you have to understand how the game works and, and what I mean by that is there's a physics to everything. Mm-hmm. So there's a physics of business. Mm-hmm. So thinking from first principles, how how these things are actually structured. And I think the big breakthrough, and I've heard you say this, and I think this is really smart, there's a difference between the basics and the fundamentals. fundamentals yes. The basics is just one-on-one. Yep. So here are the sort of words and phrases that you're gonna need. The fundamentals are the physics. Mm-hmm. This this is how it works. Mm-hmm. And once you know how something works, then you can get good at it. But mm-hmm. if you, and, and I really think the vast majority of humanity, and I don't care what class you're in, mm-hmm. the vast majority of humanity does not understand how the world works. Yep. Therefore, they are at the mercy of the world and the people that figure out how it works can change things, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we'd use a negative word, say manipulate, but it really isn't that, like this is power. Close your eyes, imagine a world better than this one. Open your eyes get the skills to make that world come true and go actually make it come true. Mm -hmm. That's fucking power. Imagine being able to close your eyes, imagine something, open your eyes and actually be able to create it. That's fucking power. So to, whether that's to change, you know, people growing up in the inner cities, whether that's to create generational wealth in your own family, whether that's to learn architecture and build a bridge or a house, whatever. Like that is the point, Mm -hmm. but to be able to do that, you have to understand how things work. And, like, yeah, that's, that is, to me, what is so powerful about you. Mm. You understand a game that a lot of people that are disenfranchised understand. The streets. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, motherfuckers, this is just physics. <laughs> Let me show you the correlate
1: <laughs> over here. It's all the same shit. It's the same. That's it. And so that's, that's important for me, the understanding of the basics and the fundamentals. Like, once you start understanding the fundamentals, you give yourself power, because you now understand, like you said, you see how the machine works, right? And so most people look at the machine and marvel and say either... I'm, like, most people look at the stock market. Most... 98% of the people who I know look at the stock market and say, yo, that's not a game I can play. I'm staying away from it. Mm. And so the way, the way it's set up is the world is set up, well, listen cool I don't even want you to play just give me your money I'll play it for you right. so when we look at like banks like we understand that banks don't necessarily work in our favor right so banks only give us 0.05% interest on the money we have there well we can get 8% just by putting our money in the index fund so why would I just sit my money in a bank and let the bank make all the money because all they're going to do is invest the money for you so they're now operating as the plug They operate now as the man who, I'm going to front you this. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to take the cut. I'm going to give you just enough to keep coming back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the plug. Who is the plug? The stock market. Right? And so once I understood the fundamentals of, like, the most important thing, too, is we don't understand how money works.
0: You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein, and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts.
1: That's a whole different language in its own. The relationship with money in my community is you make money, just enough to pay bills. And so once you get tired of paying bills, you say, you know what? I need to treat myself to something, right? No matter if I got to go in debt, no matter if I got, I need to treat myself to something to take this misery away. Mm. So you treat yourself to something that you can't afford at the time, right? But it makes you feel good in the moment. And so because it makes you feel good, you say, you know what? (sighs) I'm living. This is a reprieve from everyday struggle. Let me get back on the hamster wheel. And so the sacrifice now becomes hard because now you're saying, I got to work, work, work and never get that reprieve. Mm. I'm not willing to do that. Right? And so that's the mindset comes in and say, everybody around me had the same problem. No one represented the solution. So if I don't change something, I'm only going to end up like everybody else I know. Somebody has the solution somewhere. There's too many people out here living the life of their dreams that I'm watching. They know something I don't know. And the only thing that they had was access to a different type of information. Mm. So once I went and got the information, I now wanted to sing from the mountaintop. like, yo, look at this dope thing I found. Everybody gonna be a part of it. And then when I showed it to people, they was like, (laughs) that ain't it, bro. Mm. I'm not about to do that. And so... I realized how powerful it was for me to one become economically, like powerful, in my mind. Because the thing about investing, especially in stocks, is that piece of ownership of everything that I use now makes me say, "Well, if I own that Apple, God, I don't care about buying an Apple phone. Right. If I'm gonna wear Levi's and I'm gonna wear Timberlands, if I can own VFC Corp, then I own the stuff that I'm buying. I'm okay with that." Like, that subtle shift in my mindset changed everything for me. Because now I was after just owning everything that I consumed. In the beginning, that was my introduction to the game. Let me just own everything I consume and then I'll feel okay. And then one dope thing happened to me. In 2010, this is after I'm home from prison now, right? I'm home from prison. Um, I'm back in the streets hustling. Because even though I have the information, I don't have the money. Right? And I'm like, well, shit, I got to get the money. <laughs> My door gets kicked in in 2010. They get uh, eight pounds of weed, $10,000. Yeah, by the cops. Eight pounds of weed, $10,000, a 223, a 40 with extended clip and a beam, and 100 X pills. So oh. the cop tells me, you ain't learned your lesson. You ain't learned your lesson. And I was like, damn, that was some dumb shit. Right? like I got knowledge, I got information, but I still felt victim to the same shit that everybody around me knew. So therefore, the knowledge that I had wasn't powerful because it wasn't applied. Man. So I was fortunate. God bless me. Um, I wound up getting found out guilty because it's called fruit of a poisonous tree. So they kicked in my door, but they didn't have probable cause because they stopped me in my truck, they didn't find nothing on me. So they went to my house, kicked the door, and with no search warrant. So now everything you find is null and void. That's purpose, man, because that's not supposed to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking for that all the time. And then... Um, but that put me in a situation because now, even though it cost, it cost me $60,000 to beat that charge, I don't have no money. Mm. So now I get into the robbing game. So now I start robbing dope dealers, right? Because an uh, OG told me that a person who works a job every day, they're not a part of this game. So they're not fair game. They, you don't mess with them. But somebody who sells a nickel bag, he fair game. Mm-hmm. A shark don't care if it's a tuna or uh, whatever. If you're in the ocean swimming, you're fair game. And so I started robbing dope dealers at the time because I was like, yo, if you want, you can't call the police, if you won't see me, see me. I'm with it. And I got in a situation where um, I was good at it, me and my partner, God bless his So, and then one day I almost got killed. And I go to my partner and I say, bro, I'm out. Like I said, done deal. But when they kicked my door in, Something happened. So they took my truck. They took my money. But they didn't mess with my stock account. It didn't freeze. It didn't. I said, hold up. They don't think I'm smart enough for this. Mm. In the book, 40 Laws of Power, it says, uh, never underestimate your opponent. And at that point, I realized that America underestimates us. And it's not it's from a class issue because we've never said we're capable of doing this. It's a game we just didn't play. So I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? All I know how to do is be a hustler. And the voice from 1999 comes in my head and says, you're just playing the wrong game. I said, oh, okay. Start working as an iron worker, building stadiums, building power plants. It's crazy because I was making good money. $2,000 a week, that's good money to some. Like, yo, $2,000 a week, yo, that's it. $2,000, $2,500, like, it was amazing. I started saving and investing 70% of my money. God damn. I was living bare minimum. I was like, if I'm going to change, I got to make, like, the hard choices. It's hard for people to make sacrifice because you got to now go, go against and do without some of the things that gives you that momentary gratification, that simple, that... Ha, ah, that's what keeps you alive. That's what keeps you going just to go on vacation one time a year to get these pair of shoes that may cost me $1,000. I know I can't afford them, but I've worked so hard. I need that right. just to keep giving yeah. me something. And so I was like, okay. And once I started doing it, man, and I started showing my homies in the street that it was a game changer. It changed my life. Were you showing him the, your portfolio? No, I was showing him, yeah. I was like, yo, look, I'm about to end. This is before Robinhood even existed, mm. right? So I'm on E-Trade at the time, and I'm like, bro, check this out. Man, we go get, we go to the club, bro, and we buy bottles, Hennessy. We buy Moet. We buy Louis Vuitton. We buy Fendi. Yo, we can own that. It was like, what? Like, yo, there's a stock called LVMH. Louis Vuitton, Wet Hennessy. But you can get it on the market. It's LVMUY because it's in France. And it was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, man, look. I'm like, listen, bro, we upgrade our iPhones every year. We can own Apple. And so now, we own Apple. We own iPod. Bro, we wear Timberlands every day. And so that was like, they got it, but it was like, I see it, but I don't know. And I was like, all right. And so then I had an idea. I said, check this out. We know the end result of being in prison. I've been shot. You've been shot. You've been shot. We have did some shooting. We've all been to jail. Who suffers? Like your kids, your moms, your girl. I said, at least what we got to do is if we're going to play the game, we got to at least reward them for us playing the game. I was like, so what we got to do is invest our money for them. So we making $10,000, $5,000 a week, if we can do that, if we can make $20,000, but we got to give them something. If it ain't cash, we got to at least put something up for them. Because if we gone for 10 years, what they going to do? We can at least have that for them. And then I was told him, one of my partners. I was like, listen, bro, you need to invest the money because he was making more money than me. I said, what happens when you get knocked off? Because one thing is, you know it's, your time is coming. So you mm-hmm. live the game until it's your time. You understand that. What happens when you go do a five, 10-year bed and you come home and nobody can't give you money? At least if you got it in the stock market, when you come home, you up. Mm. Your money been working for you for 10 years, five years. You ain't got to ask nobody for nothing. You can go up to the re-up, man, what you got? He was like, damn, that's smart, bro. (laughs) And so my idea was, like, how do we get, how do we start changing the mindset? And some people might be like, but why would you tell them that? Because what happens is you got to start somewhere. Mm. You got to make the game winnable in the language that we can understand. And so once you learn English, now you say, you know what? I want to learn Spanish. I want to learn French. I want to learn that. Because now you understand the power of words. And so once they started understanding the power of the game, it was like, okay, I can play this game. And so it was powerful for me when my homies in the street started investing their money. That was a game changer for me. When my homies in the street who didn't finish school, who didn't go to college, started telling me, man, I bought some Apple, bruh. Mm. I bought some Microsoft, bruh. I bought some Nike, bro, because I'm about to get them new J's. So I'm like, that was powerful for me. Yeah. We made the game winnable. Dude, you have a phrase, Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. There's
0: another phrase you say, but you should like put that same like fucking stamp on Mm -hmm. it, is I own that. I own that. Because you talk about stocks in a way that sounds so rad, (laughs) where it's like, you refer to yourself as an owner of the company yes. and, and the thing is it actually is true like mm-hmm. you're not playing a linguistic game it is true mm-hmm. but people don't think about it like that mm-hmm. but it's so much more powerful than having a cool pair of kicks Is to say i own the mm-hmm. company that makes those kicks or mm-hmm. i own the company that makes that phone or you know tim cook the ceo of apple works for me i'm a shareholder <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's really really powerful mm-hmm. Explain that basic idea of ownership for people that might not quite put it together—that
1: stocks really are owning that company. Mm-hmm. So I actually got that term from Warren Buffett um, in one of his meetings. Want to say it was a nineteen ninety-five shareholder meeting, and he said that um, he owned great owning a stock is like is owning a percentage of a great business. And so when, once I understood that concept, I understood that the key to wealth is through ownership. Like, that's what that's, that was one of the things that made it click because I studied the wealthy people. Like, I studied them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, damn. Even when you go back to Black Wall Street, O.W. Gurley, the reason why he bought... He has the 40 acres and those acreages. One of the things he did was he said, I'm going to sell these pieces to my people so they can have ownership. I was like, damn. When you study Reginald White, one of the first black men to make a billion dollars on Wall Street... It was about, he wanted it to have ownership. So I said, the key to building wealth is not how much you can work. You can't work your way to wealth. Mm. You got to invest your way to, and all wealthy people, black, white, Asian, Chinese, they own a whole bunch of shit. The people who aren't wealthy is because they don't own nothing. You only have your money sitting in cash. If your money is just sitting in cash, realistically, you're becoming poorer every day. Right, Or they own depreciating assets. And that's what cash is. It's a depreciating asset because the more money they print, the more money that money loses value. Right. So if it's just sitting... In, it's the reason why the bank wants you to have your money there so they can take it and use it <laughs> and invest it so much and be like, hey, it's just sitting. I'm going to give you 50 cents on whatever you had in there. Right. And so the idea of ownership was, yo, we can just start owning everything that we... No matter if it's just a stock. Like, that's powerful because if you can start owning the businesses that you now consume every day you turn a one-time transaction to a lifetime of profit and that was major for me because if i go to a store and buy a pair of nikes that's a one-time transaction in order for me to get something from them again i got to come back and buy another pair of nikes Mm. but if i own the nike stock long as i own it it's a profitable um, vehicle for me so that one-time transaction can become a lifetime of profit if i own that business If I'm going to buy Apple, if I know I'm an Apple user, if I know I got the phone, I got the AirPods, I got the MacBook, I got the PC, I got excited when Apple's about to drop something, why wouldn't I own it? As much of it as I can, right? Like, if I I understand that concept, if I know people going to, America has one of the biggest trash problems in the world. Right, So if I know that Waste Management is a company that's going to be here forever because we aren't going to stop throwing things away, why don't I own that company? Because I know everybody throws things away. Mm. And so now instead of me getting excited about Apple Lime being around the corner because it's a new phone, I'm like, yo, y'all ought to make me some money. <laughs> right? So when I hear a company like Waste Management has bought 40 acres of disposable land for another landfill, I'm excited about that. And another great thing about the stock market is for me, it now makes me pay attention to the world. Mm. And so now I understand what's going on in the world. I started learning business cycles, market cycles. You know what I'm saying? Like, because now I can understand, yo, this is okay. Things are going out of business. It's okay, we're we're in this cycle. Okay, people are hiring. Okay, we're in expansion cycle. And so now I started taking I took an economic class on my own without just understanding the world. And so you start understanding when Something is happening in China. Okay, something happening in China. So I own Apple. Apple is, has 20% of their revenue in China. Okay, they might take a little hit right now. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the stock market helped me start understanding how the world moves the fundamentals. Right. Right? And so that's important. I really hope people...
0: <laughs> no, 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 I really hope people pay close attention to you because even in this interview, they're not going to understand how much you know. And... I've listened to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of <laughs> your footage you, and I'm just like, fuck. So one thing I want to I wanna be on record mm-hmm. as saying, and you can play this on a loop on your fucking website, whatever, is that I can afford any money manager I want mm-hmm. and you are as knowledgeable as the money manager that I have. I'm very impressed with your ability to explain these concepts. And so that's important to me for a couple of reasons. One, there there are certain people that are only going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. So it's great. So they now have access to, I'm telling you, world-class information. And then number two is the journey that you've been on. You started on the streets, were homeless, Mm -hmm. in prison, like really caught up in the lifestyle. And through knowledge, you have transformed your life and your family's life and If they can believe that you can do it, they have what I call the only belief that matters. Mm -hmm. The only belief that matters is this. If you put time and energy into getting better at something, you will actually get better at that. And that is true for every human. Now, why is that the only belief that matters? Because your behaviors follow your beliefs and only behaviors matter. Mm. So if you invest in the stock market, even if you don't believe in it, Mm -hmm. your investment could still go up. Mm -hmm. If you believe in the stock market and know it's the surest path to wealth, but don't invest in the stock market, you'll never reap the games. Mm-hmm. So getting people to believe that they can get better, because what you've done is just read and study Perfect. and research and spend time watching CNBC. And then you look, like I heard you once explain, oh, I'll see a ticker symbol go by that I don't know it. I don't sit there and waste time that I don't know it. I just go look it up. Yeah. And so now that's another ticker symbol. And for anybody that just heard ticker symbols, like, what the fuck is a ticker symbol? Yeah. Go look it up. Yeah. Right? So... You're such a powerful example of the power of knowledge. Mm. I think that's really, really interesting. So, yeah, I, I hope that this is, for people that didn't know you before coming into this interview, hopefully they'll spend more time because they'll see just how much
1: you know. Man, thank you for that. And that's, I understand that uh, knowledge is what gives us leverage in life. It's not about how strong you are. It's about what you can learn and then how can you actively apply that? I have this acronym called FEAR. Um, finally exiting average reality, right? And what happens is, until we can overcome the fear, some people actually fear success. Mm. Success comes with a lot, right? But until you can overcome that average reality that you live in, no matter what you're on, once you become comfortable there, it becomes average. Anyone can live in average. Everyone can live in mediocrity. Right Then there's those outliers who consistently push themselves to go to the next level. LeBron spends $1 million on his body, working out, eating right, agility, mobility, because he will never be average. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the human mind and the human body, it will go as far as you push it. Right? There's, there's science that says that Gandhi levitated before. The power of the mind. So you may look at it like, man, nobody can't levitate. <laughs> out of your mind but there's a level of meditation concentration that you can lock into that can take you there as long as you believe in it like you said the only belief that matters is what do you believe you can do Mm. I personally believe that there is nothing I cannot do and for me it's all about impact purpose fulfillment like the money is a byproduct of everything else that isn't my focus my focus is I have a knowledge and information that I know that can change lives not just one life not just, like, lives. And so the way that you change lives is by consistently learning, finding new ways to put that information out there, being able to open up, being able to be vulnerable because people need to connect. Mm. People connect to knowledge in the way that they can see. Two things that help people, imagery and vocabulary. What they see and what they hear, right? So most people won't connect to a certain knowledge because the people who speak it don't, relate, and two, can't speak the knowledge in the way that they can eat it. Mm. So for me, it's always about how do I attain as much... It's always a challenge for me. How can I attain as much knowledge as I can because I love learning, like I love learning, but then how do I take that and be able to now reciprocate it or give it to somebody who may not understand calculus or trigonometry, but if I can give it to them in this way, they can say, oh yeah, I got it. And there's more people that struggled in the world that has become successful so struggle has to become a language that i'm i struggle so that's the language i'm great at so if i can break down things into a struggle language now i make it the game winnable for everybody mm. and that's the goal to make the game winnable for everybody who's bold enough to step into the batting cage mm. if you're bold enough to do that i was bold enough to jump in a goddamn 152-foot tank with sharks in Dubai. If you're bold enough to do it, there's an experience that comes from that. And that experience is so exhilarating, it will take you to the next level. Mm. Because now you keep chasing the next level of you. And that is when you start understanding life at a whole nother concept, when you start understanding that, yo, for the longest, I was just low-level living. I was low-level thinking. Now that I've been exposed to something, and I say this often, Whatever you haven't been exposed to isn't your fault. Once you get exposed to it, you now are accountable for it. And so once I become exposed to so much knowledge and information, once I expose you to it, you accountable because now Mm. you can no longer say I didn't know. What do you say to people that don't think they have enough money to invest? (sighs) So the important thing for me to tell them is start where you are. You build a house brick by brick. I mean, of course, you can get a house put together all at once. <laughs> you know, we live in that I world get now, the idea. Right? But you build a mansion, you build an empire, you build it brick by brick. Like, you start with $25. If, and we have to understand, think, uh, RIP to Nip, man. A great, he says something that's phenomenal. He said, we're on a marathon. We didn't get into the our situation overnight. Right? If we look at back at our situation, you see that was, you inherited that whatever it is, that poverty, you inherited that, that mindset, that idea of scarcity, that idea that you don't have enough money. You inherited that. Building wealth becomes a revolutionary act because now you start saying, I'm going to go against what I was taught. Right? And so I say it by starting with $25. If you can do $25 a month, that's cool. If you can do $25 a week, that's cool. But what happens is, once you start understanding the power of how your money works, you start saying, yo, I don't need to do that. Because that's taken away from this. Let me, that 25 will now become $50. Guaranteed. That 50 will now become 100 because you're going to start doing more with less. The person who works out and sees that they drop 10 pounds in two weeks says, you know what, I'm going to go a little harder because I know if I can drop 10, I can drop 20. Right? I know if I can get, if I see one muscle shape <laughs> up, I know it's possible. The word possible is so powerful. Possible changes the game. Instead of it being impossible, we now say I am possible or I'm possible. That changes the dynamic. So the first mindset is saying invest in your first stock. It don't have to be a winner. It doesn't have to be a home run. It can be an AT&T stock that costs $26 right now. It may not be the best investment in the world, but you started. Right? And the great thing about anything is you can't be great if you never go to practice. You can't hit 81 if you never get in the gym. Yeah. So just get in a gym and then find somebody who can teach you. Be dedicated to understanding the process. Warren Buffett said he reads 500 pages a day. God. That lets me know I got a whole lot more reading to do, man. <laughs> I'm an Audible book junkie right now because I'm trying to, because I can, if he's the greatest investor and if he's reading 500 pages a day, I don't know how he does it. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, if he's still learning, I got a whole lot of learning to do. If somebody like Monash Pabri and Guy Spivak can pay Warren Buffett a million dollars to have lunch with him, and these are already great investors who I look up to, if they can pay him a million dollars to go have lunch with him, that means they're trying to learn. Their learning has to go to the next level. So if learning is the catalyst to everybody who's wealthy and successful, I can never be sufficient with what I know. Mm. And I think that has to happen, too. We have to understand the power in learning and being educated, man.
0: No doubt. Yeah, man. Where can people find out more? Because I intentionally did not spend a lot of time on the actual financial part of Mm -hmm. it. But you have so much good information. Where can people
1: (laughs) connect with you and learn more? So on Instagram is wall underscore street underscore trapper. And on YouTube is just Wall Street Trapper. Um, On Twitter it's Wall Street 504 because right, somebody stole my Wall Street Trapper, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I'm at right now. I what actually, about your classes? I'll all yeah, have those. So up. I have those on um the Trapper University, man. Um, I have a vision, man. I'll talk to you about it. Um, so the trapper university um is where you can get all the courses, all the ebooks. I appreciate that, man, for sure. I mean, we and I teach just investing on so many different levels for us. And I also have a a group called Travers Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we teach a lot of stuff. I'm a lot of engaged in that, so definitely, man, but just check me out on our social media. You don't even have to get nothing from me. Just check me out on there, and then that information will change your life for sure, man. Thank you for that. For sure, for sure. Boys and
0: girls. Uh, (laughs) This one was important. I knew that this was going to be a lot of fun, and I didn't know just how meaningful it was going to be. Uh, I'm meeting him today for the first time, obviously, like anybody, All I researched less. the life out of him. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be very surprised if uh, we don't do more. Uh, I I think what you're doing is, is the tip of a revolutionary spear. So uh, I hope that you guys follow him. Uh, what you can find for free will already change your life. And I'm telling you right now that I have access to anybody about money and I found his information really useful and usability is the highest stamp I can put on something. So... I hope you guys will dive in, make use of the information that he has. It really is uh, the ability to build wealth is available for anybody that can avoid eating marshmallow for today Mm. and can play the long game, as he said. I think that's very wise. Speaking of things that are very wise, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Salute. Salute.